0: on this week's show. Ready for an FA Vars date in Bridgewater, we
1: hear from Deal Town boss Steve King. We're looking forward to it, it's exciting and any time you're three rounds away from Wembley, um, it's hard not to just have that extra little bit of spark about you.
0: Making strides on and off the pitch, a momentous weekend for Cray Wanderers. We catch up with their boss Neil Smith.
2: A momentous occasion on Sunday with the women playing on the on the new pitch and, the, and our new home. And I think that's, that's part of my journey, I've got to try and help
0: build a club. And a new man in charge at Welling United. And defender Joe is backing him to do the job.
3: I've known him for a very, very long time and if there's one thing that he's going to do, he's going to keep us in this league.
0: Everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent podcast sponsored by Sandwich Town Youth FC. We've got no FA Cup euphoria to discuss this week so it's back to basics and we've got three interviews from three different divisions for you to enjoy as the season hots up at both ends of all of the six steps we cover here on our silly little show. Uh, I'm John Phipps, who's slightly more blind than he used to be, but not blind enough to need to spend more money on glasses. So that's probably a result. Another line now is a man I'm speaking to earlier than normal, because apparently his dog doesn't fancy the weather conditions. This fair weather pop of yours will never make it at the highest level. Will
4: she, Matt Gerard? No, she won't, actually. So she doesn't like the rain. And to be fair, it's actually not raining. And my good lady wife took the dog out. So we managed to have dinner a little bit early. And at quarter to eight now, kickoff time, Normally, we are recording the pod. And also, um, I've got terrible eyesight, John, and I did buy a new pair of glasses. Have I mentioned I've got those but buy very focal ones now. Oh, dear. That's bad times, isn't it? But, yeah, but they, you won't notice that. But that's easier for me because I, I, I was struggling to actually read anything. If my watch, I've got one of those um, Fitbits. So I was reading, look at the watch, but I couldn't actually read anything on the screen. But now mm. I've got these super glasses, I can actually read that. It's always handy if, when you can see, Matt. That's always a good thing. Long distance was fine. Anything short. So I couldn't actually read read my phone unless I put it four miles in front of me, which is an old man thing, or or take my glasses off, which is pretty pointless to actually read my phone. So, but again, um, eyes are something that can you can never, they will deteriorate. Even everybody who's got 20, 20 vision at 20 will have, always have the same issues. So apparently, according to my vision.
1: I mean,
0: it literally, it has gone from I think a minus point, minus one point two five to a minus
4: one point five zero. Did you know what mine is? Go on. Minus six point five. Oof. And minus seven. Wowzers. So I have. You are it, blind. I am very blind. Yeah. Very very blind. So um, since I was a kid. Well, how did you start wearing glasses?
0: Well, when I was when I was young, because I've got a lazy left eye. Um, oh. Like her out of TLC, um, <laughs> and at um, yeah. right left eye
4: Lopez. Yeah, That's I was, I, I think
0: she, yeah. There you go. Is that
4: um, what she is? That what she was called? That
0: I think so. Yeah, I think it is. I uh, will double check that in the background while I'm uh, boring. Well, what song did she have? That Waterfalls was their big one, wasn't it?
4: I'll start blessing waterfalls.
0: I mean, I, that, I'm glad to say that was such a terrible rendition yeah. that I won't have to try and see if I can uh, if I have to uh, get that <laughs> uh, get that. What does she do anyone. now, Lisa,
4: Lisa Left Eye Lopez?
0: Um, well, given that she died in 2002, not much, oh, mate. Um, she, oh dear, decom- decomposing, I would suggest is her. What happened to yes. her? She died in a car crash. I think she was only 30. All oh, um, right. Yeah, she was. Um, well she was driving a rental car in Honduras. Uh, swept to a truck and then hit a car and then went down um a slope so a very, oh, good, very sad story um but yeah but she, music
4: um, ha- holds on to people because i can remember who she was
0: well absolutely um but yeah it must have been something to do with her eye. But anyway I digress um I have got a lazy left eye so when I was a little for a, for a time they made me wear a patch so i looked like a pirate <laughs> um and then uh I didn't have to wear glasses until I was about i suppose in my teens i had to wear them for reading and then i got given some and it sort of went up a bit more and then i've worn them pretty much solidly since i was about 25 uh and yeah the, the last couple of times I've, I've, been, I've never
4: known you without glasses
0: exactly the last couple of times i've been to the opticians it's been like no there's no real change this time there was a little change i said but it's literally just um so that reading stuff is clearer and it is a minimal difference but um when i I'm rich. I might get myself some new glasses, but for now, these ones are doing the job. And I mean, have you ever get your fights. eyes done, scanned? Uh, no chance. No bad chance. About that. Do you know anybody who's oh, done I, that? I, I, I couldn't imagine anything worse than having like lazy, seeing. Lazy. Oh ah, no, no, just no. Um, <laughs> do you know anybody who's had that done? I don't think I do actually. No, the, 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 know with my lazy eye, there is a surgery they can do where they pop your eyeball out. uh, Apologies if you're eating your breakfast while you're listening to this um, and sort out the things behind, which I also don't fancy. Um, But they basically said to me that for the last few years, they've just written off my left eye and I've just got a balance lens in my glasses. Um, But they've said to me, if anything ever drastically happened to my right eye, then I could have the surgery and they'd fix my left eye. So I'm actually not too bad. Um, So, yeah, my my vision, having heard your prescription, I'm absolutely fine. I'm, I'm living the dream, mate
4: yeah yeah I've got terrible terrible eyes out. but there you go got used to it so I'm, not, I'm just used to wearing glasses or I don't wear my lenses that much occasionally I do wear them on when I'm watching the go at a match I'll put my lenses on because they are a little bit clearer distance wise so I can rather than constantly looking at my phone well I'm as I said to
0: things. you before we started recording this show and I'm gonna uh I'm gonna say it again I only wear my contact lenses when I'm going for a night out and I want to look sexy
4: right so yeah so yeah.
0: that what you will. Yes. Hello. Hello, Fiona. <laughs> no, but it's, uh, it's 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 like it's,
4: it's you, you, you had to pay. How much do you have to pay for your, your to check up there?
0: 35 quid. So not you,
4: too do, bad. Do, do, do your work pay for that? Oh, do you know what? I didn't think about that. I bet they bloody would have done. They would do. Yeah, they've got to. Uh, yeah.
0: balls. Oh, well. No, you go, go
4: to them, get the sign of form. You can claim that on your expenses, mate. Boom.
0: OK, well, yeah, I'll, I'll look into that. Yeah, good news for everybody. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's good. When I wear my contact lenses, final thing on this, because it's really boring. Um, I only have one lens because, as I say, they've given up on my left eye. So I literally just have one contact lens, which has made joining any sort of contact lens scheme or anything like that absolutely impossible, because I actually broke the computer system uh, and opticians uh, because I only wanted one contact lens rather than two. So there you go. Uh, anyway, it's
4: boring, John, but I think this is quite educational. I didn't know. You could, without, I take it it was throwaway lenses.
0: Yeah, uh, one, day, one day disposables, yeah. 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 Um, I, I mean, I... that's more boring. Well, do you know what? Last week, uh, a regular listener of the show, uh, who I'm sure you'll know, uh, he said to me his feedback on the show was that the, it was just terrible the first 20 minutes, uh, you know. Great, great opening segment, he said, but I think he was being sarcastic. Um, but yeah, no, he's, again, he's, he's interesting. you could have everyone. Well, we don't fast talk forward, about these it. things enough. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, do you reckon, yeah, reckon that'll
4: be interesting? Put a poll out. How many people fast forward to <laughs> the interviews and don't listen to us drivel? And me saying I don't,
0: I, don't, I don't want to know. don't take this away from me, Matt. Don't take this this is this is the highlight of my week.
4: Because we, we we probably should have put in 43 minutes you can say if you tweet us we will buy you a pint next time we see you or something like that uh Ooh, what's that what that. they're called when you put them in a film
0: uh easter eggs
4: easter eggs yeah very topical running running this nearly it was it's um
0: pancake day tuesday it is pancake day tuesday it's also fiona day on tuesday so we're all oh, looking God. forward to tuesday what a day yeah. you better uh, move anyway. up
4: because you, you can start fast forwarding
0: now now It's our 284th episode this week, and that led me to a song by London songwriter, rapper and educator Jazz Kahina, which I've listened to so that you don't have to. Uh, At the other end of the calmness spectrum, the world record for the most attendees at a rhythmic yoga lesson is 284, uh, which was an event in Hefei, in China in June 2019. Now, I'm not a massive yoga fan, but given the choice of that, or listening to Jazz again with the utmost respect to her. I'll go for the yoga, thanks. It wasn't my cup of tea, shall we say. Uh, I I used to go to yoga. I yeah, I you love a bit of yoga, don't you? I brought a
4: mat and everything, but then basically ended when we had that radio show and I've never been back since.
0: Yeah. Well, that's only been...
4: It four was years. canned four years ago, mate, so I don't know why, yeah, what's, yeah. what's stopping
0: getting back, yeah, exactly getting your yoga right.
4: pants back on. <laughs> Nobody wants to see me there. Mm-hmm. that.
0: No, you're right. But if you if you take your glasses off, you won't be able to see yourself anyway. Exactly. Anyway, let's get on with the show. While well, we've been revelling in an amazing FA Cup run with Mainstone technically two games from Wembley, uh, the Big Arch is also the dream for Deal Town, the last team standing in the FA Vars from our county. They head to Bridgewater, who are third in the Wessex League for their last 16 clash on Saturday afternoon. And they're still the last Kent club to win the Vars back in the year 2000. Uh, they also have the small matter of being involved in the mother of all title races in the Southern Counties East League, Beating Tunbridge Wells 3 0 on Saturday to stay firmly in the mix. I spoke to Boss Steve King earlier today and I started asking about that win over Wells, which came on the back of a dramatic late draw against title rivals Favisham.
1: I'm really pleased with with the performance and the result on Saturday. I think Tunbridge Wells was a, a game we marked down as a sort of like a danger game, one that people expected to win but we knew it would be difficult. They had obviously drawn with Favisham a couple of weeks ago, I've beaten beating a beating beaten a beaten Snodland, so had good form during the season of beating sides at the top end of the table. So we knew we'd have to be at our best and I thought we was in control throughout the whole game. Um, thought we played really well, looked comfortable, kept another clean sheet, three goals. Um, so yeah, it was a great afternoon. Um, obviously we say bounce back after Favisham. Um Obviously the, the last 10 minutes ended up being disappointing, but I think a draw on the night was probably a fair reflection and, um, that certainly wasn't an awful night for us, even though it didn't end um, as we wanted to so all in all it, it was a pretty good week for us.
0: I guess what I was saying with that was is it's not necessarily the the result but possibly the manner of it because you know a lot of people looked at that game against Favisham and thought oh deal were clear with a few minutes to go and then and then you got pegged back but and and you know a big game, but you've got to look look back on those two games with Favisham. we are pleased with how you did,
1: yeah delighted and look uh, we're I think one of our strengths as a management team, certainly one thing that I've learned personally over the time we've been involved, is never never try and comment on emotion straight after the game. Um, I always sit down the following morning, watch the game back, and, and make a judgment based on what actually happened in the game rather than your emotional view of it. And obviously, it was very easy straight after the game to be gutted. I mean, they scored twice in the last eight minutes, obviously had the sending off. Um... But when I actually looked back, looked at our performance over 90 minutes, looked at the chances that both sides had throughout the game, I think a draw was a fair result. So we spoke to the lads and we said, look, let's not be disheartened. I mean, if we had been 2-0 down and got back to 2 all, everybody would have been over the moon. But ultimately, it was it was the same result. Um, we always do that. We go game by game and we, we try and take the emotion out of football when we analyse and um, yeah, we, we were pleased, obviously, then to go and win the game Saturday. And I think, in hindsight, if you'd offered me four points at the start of the week, I probably would have taken it.
0: I know you famously say you don't look at the league table. When do you start to look?
1: Um, well, I think we, we've we've started to have a look just in terms of the sides around us um, and the, the different games to, to make sure that my points target remains accurate. Um, that's the only thing I've really used the league table for, um, to have a look at how many games other sides have got left, who they've got home, who they've got away and what I think other teams are going to get to and then that just allows us to, to keep our targets. In terms of positioning the league, like I've said many times, everyone's got a different amount of games to play. Some have got loads of home games, some have got loads of away games, some have got lots of games against teams in the bottom six, some have got lots of game against a team in the top six. And we, we've got our points target still, and that's what we're aiming for. And if we get to our target and we don't get promoted, that then somebody's gone on an absolutely unbelievable run and, and fair play to them. Um, but that, that's all we really use the league to for. Um, I'm guessing, I haven't looked, but I'm assuming probably Crimson have probably gone ahead of us again with their win last night. Um, but we can't do anything about it. We can't do anything about it on Saturday when people play and, we're at Bridgewater, so there's no point worrying about it. We, we know we've got 17 games left in the league. We know how many points we want to try and get, and that's what we'll do when we play the 17 games.
0: It's, it's fantastically tight at the top, even if you're not looking at it that closely. Uh, as a manager, what's it like being involved in such a uh, an exciting title race? Because, I mean, there's, there's four teams, realistically, that are all sitting here now thinking, we've got a shout here.
1: Yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? I think... I think that the league the league this year has been probably the best it's been. I think the introduction of the playoffs has helped. Um, but also, conversely, I think it would have been tight if it was just the same as last year, one up and in the playoffs. I think you'd still have five or six sides would fancy getting in the top two. Um, I think you could look at any of the sides in the playoffs at the minute, um, even if Beerstead put a run together. and um, think they could still win the title. Um, so that's really exciting I think it feels like a pretty level playing field um, I think most of us obviously at the start of season 4 that Fabersham will probably run away with it with their resources but I think that with the upheaval they've had turnover of players and obviously the games they've got left I think most people feel it's pretty much a level playing field for the last couple of months of the season and like everyone keeps pointing out all of the sides at the top have got to play each other so um, like against when we played Favsham last week, we've still got to play Glebe at home. We've got to play in away. We're pretty pleased, to be honest, that we've played Bairstead twice. We've played Snodland twice. Um, so that sort of goes in our favour a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting. It makes every game um, really important and what more can you want than being involved in that sort of situation?
0: You say every game's important. You've, you've also got an important one on Saturday as well. Uh, the FA Vars d- down at Bridgewater... Everyone excited, I'd imagine.
1: Yeah, look, I think that the league of the league have been sensible and helped us out by not giving us a game this midweek, um, which has meant that we've got the full week to prepare. We actually trained last night for the first time since, I think, November um, because we've just played so many games. Um, so it was nice to get in and train um, and to just have a week where we can focus on it because, look, it's, it's arguably the, the biggest game for the football club in... In 20 years, you, you, you could make that argument. Um, so we're, we're really looking forward to it. It's going to be an incredibly tough assignment. Um, but we banned all talk of the bars after the draw until five o'clock Saturday. We um, the boys, nothing had been spoken about. Nothing was talked about. And then obviously after we secured the three point Saturday, we said, right, look, come on. Now we can get excited and look forward to this game. So we trained last night. We're all out for our usual... Uh, team meal on uh, Thursday, tomorrow night, um, and then we travel Friday. So we're looking forward to it. It's exciting. And any time you're three rounds away from Wembley, um, it's hard not to just have that extra little bit of spark about you.
0: How great is it for players at your level and a manager at your level that you're going on Friday, you're having an overnight stay? This doesn't come around that often, does it?
1: It doesn't, but... I think this one's got a slightly different feel for us because we've got so much to play for. Um, it's not the ter- first time we've experienced it as a group. Um, obviously, last year we, we had we stayed in Caution and the game ended up getting called off on the Saturday morning. Um, we've stayed up in Newcastle before. I think both of those times, they were our real focus at the time and everything was focused on it. Um, this time we would do I say, a little bit more business-like in terms of we know that Tuesday we've got a massive league game coming up, um, that whatever happens Saturday, we're going to roll into more big games. It's not going to be sort of like Saturday and our season's done, or um, or that's all we got to look forward to. So, yeah, look, we're going to enjoy it, but I think there's a real focus and determin- uh, determination amongst a group of boys this time. It's the
0: third year in a row that Kent team has been down to Bridgewater in the Vase. Um, I've I've been looking at their league just in the last few years, very similar to what you've done, kind of growing up, going up the a league, and and in a position to challenge again this season. So it's going to be a tough game down there, isn't it?
1: Yeah, look, it, it's very clear that that they've got a a big budget. Their their manager was quite controversially sacked at the start of the season, I think, for losing two games, um, and their chairman come out and quoted how much they cost him. Um, so it it is pretty clear they've got big resources. Um, they obviously knocked Farnham out at Farnham in the last round, and Farnham have won, what, 21 out of 21 in their league and beat Snodland quite convincingly in an early round of the Vars, and we haven't beaten Snodlin this year in pre attempts. So, um, no, it, it, it's quite clear that it's going to be a very, very difficult game, but by the same token, we've lost one game in 20-odd, uh, I think two in our last 27, something like that. Um, if you take it from this time last year when we went on that amazing run at the end of last year in the league, we haven't lost many games in the last calendar year. So I'm sure they're probably looking at us and are a little bit fearful um, as well. Our away record has been outstanding all season. We lost at Fisher on the first day with oh, such a limited squad. We lost at Lid in the FA Cup again when we are really, really struggling for bodies. But since then, we haven't lost away from home. Um, so that carries no fear for us. Um, we've done our homework. We know all about them. Um, and we're we're looking forward to going and, giving it, going and giving it our best on Saturday.
0: Have you had them watched or did you get people, have you got people that you know who can help you out?
1: Yeah, I'm very lucky that one of my very closest friends is uh, heavily involved at another club in that league. Um, so... I've cheated a little bit this time and he's done pretty much all my work for me, um, including sourcing videos and being to watch them twice himself for me. So um, if it was anywhere else in the country, I think I would have had a couple of long treks and very late nights. But um, I've just been lucky that one of my closest friends is um, heavily involved in football down there. So if we do win on Saturday, um, I'll certainly be, uh, owing oh him a big thank you.
0: Um, and just finally, you said to me a minute ago, this is probably the biggest game in, in the club's history for the last 20 years. D- does that change your approach and, and, and what you say to the boys before the game? Or is it just take it like you do every other game that you're at the moment? Because you're in such good form. So it must just be go out of there and carry on what you're doing.
1: Yeah, no, it, it doesn't change it. I'd, to be honest, for me, our league campaign's really important for the last 17 games. Um, the reason I say it's the biggest is because I think the last time we reached the last 16 of the Vars and we went to concert, we were clear underdogs. I think we were like eight, nine to one to win that game in the betting, uh, which was fair odds. So they, they were a better side than what we were. I think obviously we go into this one would I make us underdogs? It's probably slight on the underdogs, um, which gives us a realistic chance of moving into the last eight of of the Vars. So um, it's a big game. I know we're taking somewhere between 150 and 200 supporters down there. Um, five hour journey, so that's going to be unbelievable support. Um, so, look, we'll be business as, as normal. I'm very lucky that I've got a committed, experienced group of players. I've got experienced players who have played in a lot of big games. I mean, like Aaron Milbank, Rory Smith, who have played in playoff finals in front of over 2,000 people. Do I mean Ashley Miller, played professionally in the Football League? Do um, I mean that the boys that we've had, Ben Chapman, Billy Mondays obviously Tom Chapman, they've all played in. Lots of big games, so I don't worry about us in terms of being overawed or anything like that. Um, so we'll be business as usual and trying to perform the way we have, like we did against Faversham. I thought we played well last week, um, and in, in the other big games where we played well this season.
0: A big day out in the West Country, Matt, and he's looking forward to what could be an incredible few months in the history of Deal Town if everything were to go their way between now and May.
4: Yeah. Again, if you'd offered him a chart, what, what competition would he want to get to Wembley and win the league? Which one would he take? Probably Wembley because now a win on Saturday, there will be you know two games away or three, two ties away from being uh, at Wembley. And Deal have got a sort of a love about you know a love affair with his competition. So, but they're doing very well in the league. Even though I don't believe him, he doesn't actually ever look at the league table because he knew what Corinthians score was. And I'm sure if he's looked on that, he's looked at the lead table. So, yeah, I think um, it's a difficult one. Bridgewater—they played Taunton, who I saw at the weekend, and in a Somerset Cup, and they lost on penalties to Taunton. So, I presume Bridgewater is it going be? Is it the worst tie they could have got? Is that right? As in, good teams. There's yeah, good. They're, they're, they're really good. Well, they're, yeah, they're
0: they're not too bad. And as as Kingy said, there. You know, the thing is that that win that they had, you know, the, the fact that they beat Farnham, yeah. who've won every league game this season, in the Combined Counties League uh Premier Division South. So they'll be coming up next year into into step four without a shadow of a doubt. And they beat Snodland comfortably. So that is that I can see, you know, that sort of well, you've beaten my rivals and everything like that. But then if you want to look at it that way, Maidstone United are, are better than loads of teams in the championship. So, yeah, yeah. you know, you can't look at it. Uh, too, too much into it, but yeah. It's a, it's a tough place to go. Um, third year in a row that a Kent team has had to go down to Bridgewater. Um, you know, they've got a decent budget down there, as as Steve has said there. Um, they've got good pedigree, and as I said to him there, looking at their league positions the last three or four years, the parallels between Deal and Bridgewater are, are, are quite real, actually. I think they're you know, they're probably on a level. Um, I think. It's going to be a good tie. you know. If if it was a bit closer, I probably might have considered going, but it's a long way to go. Um, But it should be a really good game and all we can hope is that that Deal can pull it off.
4: Yeah, we've seen Craig Rally get to Wembley. There's no reason why Deal can't. Again, disappointing start to the season, but their form since then has been good. Good result against Tunbridge Wells. Um, I don't know who Kingy's mate is, who, who lives down in the West Country. I don't know if we know him or he's from the Dover area, but he's done his homework King he'll do his homework hopefully the weather's not going to play a factor and they're going to go down there and it'll be cooled off but I think okay I don't know much about Bridgewater but I do a lot about deal and they'll be desperate to get a result in this competition and they'll be well prepared and they've got firepower which could make a difference against the side from there and this is where the FA Vars we take the mickey out of it early doors but this is where it really turns into an excellent competition
0: I never take the mickey out of the I think it's absolutely fantastic. We take the mickey out of some of the places that so, I've, seen, yeah, I've yeah, these Yeah, it's a double-edged sword. The, the problem is for, for DealTown, and I actually said this to Steve when we finished recording, I said to him, the problem is you don't want to be in this VARs next year and you probably don't want to be in it ever again because of where they are in the league. And, and the, the real issue comes for these teams in that you get to the stage where if you're in the FA Vars, that becomes a massive thing. But also you've got a title race on your hands and you're aiming for promotion. And with the two places going up, you know, there's a big opportunity for teams to this year for, for Deal to get promoted. And it's one of those things. You say, would he pick Wembley or promotion? I genuinely don't know which one I'd pick. You know, I think Cray Valley did both, didn't they? Um, and that's that, yeah. that, that's the dream because you can't afford to, to let the league's campaign slip but also this is a once in a lifetime opportunity you hope to get to wembley you know it's such a
4: difficult quandary i think previously we've seen it that when they've got quite long into this competition they their league form hasn't been as good as it is this season so they put all their eggs in one basket i think the covid season um uh, wasn't it they got through and then they, they they lost in uh, after that but yeah it's it's a difficult one i presume the the bread and butter is winning the league as you mentioned, everybody thought Favishman was going to do it. dealing in a very, very good position at the moment to, to, to get promoted. They would, If the season ended tomorrow and everybody won all their games, they would be promoted. So it's a difficult one, but it's the trip out of Wembley. It's 23 years or whatever it was, 24 years after you've done it before. And further love affair with this competition. So I suppose if you said to him, yep, yeah, probably Wembley, but maybe... We'll take Wembley and then we'll win in the playoffs as well, but it's a, it's an interesting one for them. But fingers crossed, again, I think they're always a bit unlucky deal as well. They never seem to get much home draws over the last few years. They always seem to travel and it's a shame that they can't um, have a home tie.
1: Absolutely.
0: Uh, the Hoops, as Steve King's just said, did drop to fourth in the scaffold table on Tuesday night. after Corinthians doesn't know that he doesn't. Uh, to give you the full picture at the top though, Gleaves still lead the way with 56 points from their 28 games. They're two ahead of Faversham from the same number of matches. Corinthians have got 53 points from 25 and Deal have got 52 from 23. So they've got five games in hand on the leaders and they're just four points behind. Sorry, Kingy, didn't mean to spoil that for you. Um, it's so tight up there, isn't it, Matt? Yeah, it
4: they've um, four, won four out the last five. They came up from nowhere. Wait, the ball. Again, yeah you look at it, deal and Corinthian are going to be this the side there, but somebody's going to be disappointed in this when they think they've got a chance to win the league and going to have to go in the playoffs and lift themselves. I still fancy Faversham in the long run to get promoted, either it's playoffs or winning the league. I think it's going to be tough to win the league They're rely on everybody else to drop points. But again, that could happen with sides, start playing each other. So yeah, it's a really good, intriguing league, this one, this year. And, um, and uh, probably always does a job, this scaffold. But this year, with the extra playoffs, definitely the most exciting since we've been involved in the the pod.
0: Absolutely. We should also talk about Corinthian, uh, whose manager and friend of the show, Michael Golding, celebrated 400 games in charge of the club on Saturday uh, when they beat Lidtown. Uh, His side were reduced to 10 men after 20 minutes and tried 1-0 with 5 to go, but hit back to win 3-1. And they followed that up with a 4-1 win. Over Fisher on Tuesday night. An unbelievable achievement from Michael to reach 400 games in charge. And you've got to say, Matt, he is doing an unreal job this season, isn't
4: he? Yeah, maybe he's playing under the radar. I think at the start of the season he said that it will be tough for them after last season's relegation. He's brought a squad up, 400 games, very good. He knows this level really, really well. Um, They're in a very good position at the moment. Um, They seem to, the big games against the big sides... They seem to do well when they play against the the sides around them. So the results were earlier in the season against Favisham. So, yeah, fair play to Michael. He's pretty, um, uh, he's been supportive of this pod, even though he takes the mickey. But uh, yeah, fantastic. 400 games, whatever level, uh, one club. um, Fantastic. And yeah, he's just a very good manager at this level. And I think in the the season before the uh, first season, they had a grunt. But last season was difficult, but clearly he's got his mojo back.
0: It was interesting because we were having a conversation um, on Tuesday via text and I was saying to him about, you know, how they're doing really well and everything. And I said, do you think the side you've got now is stronger than the one you had last season? And he said, absolutely. But the amazing thing is, is even though it was at a higher level of football, last year he found it so much harder to attract players because players want to play in a winning team. Mm. You know, this time last year he was scrabbling around trying to get players in because they were near the foot of the table. Now he's finding it a lot easier to, to, he's probably got players contacting him saying they want to come and play for Corinthian because they're near the top. And, and that's, that's the, the, the challenge for him, you know, and, and he's, he's done so well this season. And, and I think, you know, he, he feels if he were to get this team promoted, it would be a, a, one of his best achievements and, and it'd be impossible to, to disagree with that because he's, he's it's just amazing. And, and, yeah, he was playing it down at the start of the season, but he always says to me, anytime you put him on the record at the, end, at the start of the season, your aim is to win the league. You don't, no matter what you say, you want to win the league, and they've got as, as good a chance as anyone. You know, they've got that. They're also in the um, the Challenge Cup as well, but they have got all their focus going forward on you know trying to get back to to the Isthmian League and whatever challenges that may bring them coming forward. But it is an astonishing job. That he has done there you know especially given they don't pay their players and you know as well you look at what happened um with cam who incidentally um is is very much on the men now he's allowed to go home at weekends um during the day and he's hoping to soon be able to stay overnight and michael's been to see him and had a couple of hours chatting with him and i think that's galvanized them but to, to bounce back from that because we had him on the show didn't we and it was hard for him you could tell that it was it was difficult and and to have overcome that adversity and still be doing the job that he's doing, you, you've got to take your hat off to him.
4: Oh yeah, I, again, we fortunately have to meet, meet him. He's a good guy. Again, school teacher. I think it means you know the way he deals with people and the dealt deal with the situation with Cam. It's a credit to himself and the club as well. So again, he I don't know if he looks at the league table, but if he doesn't, you're in the chance of winning the league here. Yeah?
0: Absolutely. I bet he's already slagged this podcast off to me on text before he's got this far. So that serves you right, doesn't it, Michael? Uh,
4: yeah. Elsewhere on Saturday, no goals
0: between Bearson and Whitstable. Irith Town beat Wellington by four goals to two. Faversham, 6 1 winners over Homesdale. Uh, two more goalless draws between Fisher and Kennington and Russell and the leaders Glebe, uh, while Snoddon Town beat Stanford 4 0. And VCD overcame Hollins and Blair 3 1. There was a fourth goalless draw. held very unskeffle like uh, this week between Lordswood and Lid Town on Tuesday night when Punjab beat Wellington 4 0. And Tumridge Wells beat VCD. 2-1. Uh, two games on Wednesday night as well in that division. Hopefully, I'll remember to bring you those scores latest scores later on. Uh, sadly, that's not all the news on the schedule this week, as the game between Lordswood and Punjab on Saturday was abandoned very late on. I mean, by what all accounts were some pretty ugly on-field scenes after a late challenge. which ended with the police being called. Uh, Punjab 3-2 ahead at the time. It remains to be seen what action will be taken. Um, from what I've heard, may have been a bit of an overreaction by the referee, Matt, but it's not something you want to hear about is it
4: no so was was there a melee is that the best way of describing this
0: i believe it? so yeah i believe i believe there was a melee and and someone called the police it was it was it that it was like that i mean that, i don't know it seems a bit over the top to me I, I believe five police cars turned up which is quite impressive um given their yeah,
4: in this day that is impressive absolutely
0: but yeah it's it's just it's, it's not something you want to to be involved in, is it? And, and you know, I'm sure, um, well, I'm sure the game will end up being replayed and I'm sure that could be quite tasty. But, you know, it's it's not good uh, for anyone. And, uh, you know, we've had a couple of games like this where things have yeah. been abandoned due to various things this season and it's not what we want to hear. So, you know, let's uh, let's try and keep it all football because that's what we want. Uh, on exactly. Saturday, Corinthian in third are at home to Beerson in fifth. It's Hollands and Blair against Punjab, Kennington against Glebe. Rustall at home to Lidtown, Stansfeld against Faversham, Snodland against Fisher, Tunbridge Wells at home to Sutton Athletic, VCD Athletic take on Whitstable and it's Wellingtown against Lordswood. Before on Tuesday, Dealtown return to the league action as they take Colin Hollands and Blair. It's Irith Town against Kennington. Fisher against Sutton Athletic and Tunbridge Wells against Holmesdale. Uh, in the scaffold first, Division was a hat-trick of 2-2 draws at Brydon Ropes against Meridian VP. FC Olmstead against SC Thamesmead and K-Sports against Forest Hill Park. At uh, and and new high beat strike Strikeforce 4-0. It was 1-1 between Lewis and Barra and Greenway's Ross United beat Stable Monarchs 2-1. And on Saturday, Brydon Ropes are home to FC Olmstead. It's Canterbury City against Meridian VP. strike Strikeforce take on AFC Whiteleaf. Uh, Forest Hill Park against Staples Monarchs, it's Greenways against Larkfield and New Hyde, Rochester United against Croydon, SC Thamesmead against K-Sports and Tooting Beck take on Lewisham Borough. Uh, Let's move on up to the Isthmany Premier Division where there was lots of late drama on the pitch at Cheriton Road where Cray Wanderers hit back from 2-0 down to earn a point against Folkestone and Victor. After back-to-back wins, it's continued a good run on the pitch for Wanderers. And off it, it was a momentous weekend as the pitch at the club's new stadium was used for the very first time in a ladies fixture. Uh, it's been a long time coming; they're finally within touching distance of having a home of their own. So it's has like a great time to catch up with their boss Neil Smith.
2: We've had obviously a couple of wins at Fisher in the London Cup as well, so we won that one. So. It- you know, in a, in a little bit of form. We've got a few players out injured. But, yeah, going into last night, conditions obviously being very bad, very windy, the rain, and on a very uneven pitch. So, um, yeah, come come away of a draw the way we did. feels like a win. But, um, you know, we conceded two relatively poor goals for us um, and should have probably taken our chances. We come away with a win. But, uh, yeah, with, with the importance of the game, um, obviously folks are picking up some results great result against Biliriki you know we come away from a, a game with a point and uh, yeah we're happy
4: it probably shows the character of the boys to get one back and then score in the, in the 98th minute did you see it come
2: in? Um, 89th minute probably not <laughs> um, but no we the, the boys the, the Boys putting a fantastic performance um, on the Saturday against Cole Shorten, and I just wanted the same, and it was hard to get that rhythm going. So, yeah, as soon as we got the goal, and all of a sudden, you know, the ref says there's eight minutes to go. Yes, I did believe it. That's when I believed we'd, we'd get another goal um, at, 18, at the 88th minute. It was, you know, it was a little bit of a uh, backs against the wall sort of thing. But um, and then and then you know we a great thing. We're bringing on a 16 year old kid who's coming through our youth development side. So. You know, in the end, it was, a, it was a really good night in that respect. But, um, yeah, no, the boys show character. The subs come on and change the game a little bit.
4: And, uh, I think we deserved the point at a minimum. All right. Oh, you know, this season, you know, normally you're high end of the table, playoffs last season. Are you disappointed how the season's gone so far? Or is it a season of redevelopment with the club moving back to the ground?
2: Yeah, no, there's been a lot of development. There's been a lot of off-the-field stuff going on, uh, obviously, in respect in of the ground. Um, last year, we probably overachieved and, and, and had a fantastic season. But, you know, we, we to get into the playoffs last season, we had to win nine and draw one of our last ten games. So, you know, it wasn't that we were up there and, and in it all the time. It was like literally the last day we got in there and, and secured it. So, um, this, this yeah, am I disappointed? Yes, I am. Because I wanted to keep it going from last year. But, you know, we, we lost a whole of our back four. Um, with players going back to Leighton Orient. You know, players going up in the divisions as well. Um, so, it was always going to be a big ask to go and find a team. And, you know, I, I bought in players that um, I sort of knew from my time at Bromley. And, it, you know, they, they're, they're having to acclimatise to uh, the division. You know, it is a tough, tough division. You know, it's relentless. Um, So, yeah, am I disappointed? Yes, I am. Do I think we're building something on and off
4: the pitch? Yes, I do. Yeah. Okay, looking at the league table, you know, these points you picked up, I think seven out of the last nine, are absolutely crucial. But because it looks like the bottom five, maybe now, are getting caught adrift. Do you think your relegation worries are out of the way?
2: Well, until we get to that, I think everyone's saying it's about 41, 43 points. As soon as we get to that, and the sooner we get to it, then you then you say, yeah, you're safe. But at the moment, until, until what you know, we start getting those points. Now we're in it. You know, we've got Concord Rangers on uh, Sunday. You know that we've got we've got all these games coming up that we need to go and win, and, we, and that's what we have to do. Uh, and as soon as we get them, then hopefully, you know, then we can sort of put that to bed and start building for next year. But you know. Um, as you say a momentous occasion on Sunday with the women playing on the on the new pitch and, the, and our new home
4: and I think that's that's part of my journey I've got to try and help build a club yeah exactly. So the next two games are against um, uh, Chessent and Concord you, you know six points out of them really puts them into the bit of a hole so the next two are big big games for you yeah the
2: massive games you know it was a big game yesterday at 2 nil down um, you know all of a sudden the, the, the team you're sort of trying to claw points on, pulls away from you, and even though we might have a game in hand. But, you know, we, we sustained it. So the next two games are vitally important, as they are for them. You know, they're going to be tough games, but we're at home on Sunday. And I think we've lost three in the last 14 games. So, you know, we've, we've got a good little run going, but we, we need to sustain that now. And and they are, they you know, talk, talk about the next two games. Sunday's game is massive for us and, uh, you know, hopefully we get the boys in training tomorrow night,
4: start prepping for that and making sure that we come away with three points. You mentioned the momentous occasion, the ladies' team, Chris and the the new ground. Um, were you there? And how's it all going? And when will you be able to put your team out there?
2: Yeah, no, I was there. You know, we're, we're there. We, as I say, it's not about the women's team and, and the first team. We're, we're, we're great. And, uh, you know, we were there to support uh, the 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 Cray women's team, as much as they've been here with us, and you know we're training at the moment. It's a fantastic surface, um, one of the best I have played on. And, and as I say, as as you're sort of training and playing on them, they're, they're still building around you. So there's a lot of work to be done. Um, you know, fair play to all the owners to get it to this this stage. I know a lot of people were doubting it when I, you know, when I walked in, that won't happen. But they've been as good as their word, and you know, and it's it's been a pleasure to to see it being built on a daily basis
4: Will you be in there before the end of the season or I don't know if you can actually move grounds halfway through the season or how will it work is it just
2: um, We'll be be at Bromley until the end of the season and uh, hopefully once the you know we've still got to go through the the grounding regulations and getting that all ticked off uh, before we can say yeah we're playing there next season but you know, the way things are going at the moment, I can't see there being a problem, but, you know, I'm not in that sort of game. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be we'll be training here um, and getting prepared for it. But, you know, our first game will obviously be pre-season, looking to play on there for, for next season in the league.
4: I presume, you know, saying to look at the facilities around, um, training on this, that gives you a bit of a base as well and players will want to come to the club?
2: Uh, absolutely. You know, it's, it's not just the players, it's the supporters, you know, the... We've got got a lot of houses around here that probably didn't know about Craig because they're living in, you know, because we're playing at Bromley or wherever they were playing beforehand. But, you know, now we can get out into the community. We can offer it to the the local schools and and, and start building a little rapport with the local um, people that are around here and and, and give them something to come and support, you know, and and, and that's what we want to do. We've got fantastic youth set up. You know, I think we've got forty odd teams, got loads of kids. You know, we, we, as I say, we're trying to give a pathway. We've got an academy going as well now, um, and, and and then all of a sudden you, you are building something where people can come and support you. So that that's the that's the bigger aim. You know, we want to we want to get out in, in the local schools and start um, getting them in and around us.
0: Well, I can assure you, Matt, that um, from social media, Folkestone fans were, were not very happy <laughs> no. uh, with the closing stages of that game. And, and they were, I was not directed at Neil Smith, but perhaps a gentleman uh, wearing black clothing. Uh, but a good result for Cray Wanderers. Uh, and things are going firmly in the right direction for that club, aren't they?
4: Yeah, a difficult start to the season. But as Neil said, maybe they overachieved last season. And uh, I think maybe that the moving to the ground was maybe more of the club's Priority um, than this season, and once they get in the ground next season, with a stable amount of players they've got, they've got some good players in the squad, uh, they can move on, move on up. But moving into the new ground is absolutely key for them. And clearly, it's not going to happen this season. But once they put the stands in, um, away they go. I say I saw a few clips of the of the new ground, and the pitch did look very good uh, from that 3G. I think there's been a lot decent amount of money on it. Um, but it did look like they needed to do some work around the pitch. They'll do that and where they go. And we've seen how much clubs have s- achieved by having their own 3G. And we, I'm sure Cray, with Neil Smith heavily backed, that will become really heavy in the community what he wants. So um, delighted for them. And moving away from the relegation zone, I think. So, as I said to him in there, two wins out of the next two games against uh, Cheshire and Concord will probably secure near enough their... Uh, safety for the uh for the season so which again um even though as you said people want to win the league that'll be their priority now is to basically make sure they're in this division next year
0: yeah 10 points clear of the drop zone now but I, i'm pretty sure i've heard before that their ground share at hayes lane is one of the
4: longest running ground shares around
0: i mean it's been at least but, what 20 years isn't it they've been playing oh, I've, there. See, and, I've
4: seen them get promoted Cray. there probably Back in the day, it must be 2005, something like that, probably. Right, so, um, yeah. so a long time ago, yeah. It probably, um, yeah, fair play to Bromley to have them there. we will probably be sad to see them go, but delighted for them, and I'm sure we've seen how well Bromley have reacted off the pitch as well as a club, that Craig can take some of that on board and just be just as successful, successful as them, because they've got a manager who's definitely um, the right manager for the club, and let's hope they can do well in the community and, Go go from strength to strength. Yeah, I think it's been 1998 wow.
0: uh, that they moved to uh, to, to Hayes Lane because they had problems with floodlights um, at their old place. In, in 2008, they wanted to, to. They announced they were going to move. I had plans to move to a stadium near Orpington, uh, which was rejected unanimously. Uh, and then in it was October 2014 that they signed the contracts to buy Flamingo Park. What, what what is there before? What would you know? What's there before?
4: I don't know much about it. I've no, never been it? To Crate, I don't think.
0: No, but yeah. So they it's, it's always been a sports and leisure place. But yeah. That, they, so they they ten almost ten years ago they signed the contract for that. And I remember in our very first season of doing this podcast, so what 2017-18, I went to a game uh, up there. I think they played higher than 1-4-1, and spoke to the chairman and got to know about their ground plans and it's amazing you know that here we are what six years on that firstly we're still doing this bloody nonsense and people still listen to it but secondly that they've actually done it you know and and i think what what neil smith said there about you know being able to do your own um you know having your own base at at, at an area you know city cup is not exactly um a place where there's lots of other football going around at the moment so it's a good opportunity for them to really make a make a home for themselves and the benefits of that, you know, and if they can go into next season and have a good start to the season, then there's no reason why they can't just push on and on and on. And it's about, you know, it's 15 miles drive from Hayes Lane. So people will still be able to go who've enjoyed watching them at Hayes Lane. But I just think they're cracking into a whole new area. And, you know, ultimately catchment areas is what's big. They're in a congested part of the, of the County, but there's still room for them to grow. And I think people will, Will get on board. They've got a good manager. As you say, they've got some good players. If they can go in next season and start well, the world's their oyster.
4: Well, I, I, I think that's absolutely, and I'm sure they market the club well. Um I think even though this is a Kenton league podcast, I think that is their thing. They're the oldest club in London, I think it is. So they can market that well. People will come as well it's a new ground. So, again, exciting again. We were a little bit concerned about them earlier in the season when they were struggling a little bit, but I think they lost their first six or something ridiculous. So um, turning the corner um, and exciting times ahead for Cray. And we're always happy for Neil Smith because he's such a nice guy.
0: He really is. And uh, their, their postcode of their new ground is BR7. So that, to me, puts them in Kent. Uh, that is, if, if people are new to this show, that's how I decide what teams we cover. It's all about your postcode. Um, but, yeah, so good luck to Cray Wanderers. Uh, a massive uh, massive thing for them going forward and, and it sounds great that they're finally getting that stadium put in place. Elsewhere on Tuesday night, Chatham are beaten 4-2 at Wingo and Finchley but they stay second in the table having won 2-1 at Whitehawk on Saturday. In fact, three of our four sides in that division were 2-1 away winners on Saturday. I'll let you guess who the odd one out is uh, but Folkestone beat playoff chasing Billericke and Cray Wanderers were victorious at Carl Shorten. Uh, Margate though of course, uh, we're beaten four-one at home by Dulwich Hamlet, with Luke Warnedio <laughs> scoring a hat trick. I don't know if you've seen this Matt. His first goal, absolute world. Have you seen it? I, I haven't. So, right, Well, so I, all I'm gonna say to you is, it's a brilliant goal. It's a bit like um, there's elements of uh, Gaza's goal in, against Scotland, where he flicks the ball over a couple of defenders. But, and this is a big but, the coverage of it, which has come from the visitors' media team, on the scoreline top left. Has got Dulwich first, even though they're the away team, and that's really, really irked me. It doesn't matter how good the goal is; you get that right. Is it, it, it's not American football, lads. You put the team that's at home first.
4: Uh, Dulwich, their media man didn't like Dover, and particularly me because he thought I run Dover's media. So, um,
0: oh, maybe he's about, not uh, that bad after all, then. <laughs> yeah,
4: exactly. So yeah, he wasn't really <laughs> where, when they. get. Yeah, so, but Margate. Oh dear. Players coming and going again. Um, Oh, dear. I yeah. need to pick up some results and fast because look at that lead table, John. It is not happy looking because eventually Concord have got six games in hand of them. I know they're five points behind. Margate, sleepwalking the relegation here. Well, maybe not sleepwalking but because the fans aren't particularly happy. I know some of them are criticising Mark Stimson, giving them an 18-month contract, saying maybe they would like him out now. Um but they need to turn their corner and fast. And
0: they really do. And well, they need to turn it this week uh, because we're about to hear there's a Kent Derby on Saturday as they go to Chatham who are second. Yeah. Uh, Folks at home to Potter's Bar. And as we've already heard, Craig Wanderer's host Concord on Sunday. But there's only one of our four teams involved in midweek. And if you want to look up in the picture dictionary six-pointer, you could probably find the badges of Chess Hunt and Margate who play on Tuesday evening at Chess. It's about the third time they've tried to play this game. But that is a huge game, because if one of those teams are to win that, they're opening a, up a gap on the other one, aren't they? That, it's, it's probably four teams are going down out of five here. And, and I suppose one thing you've got to remember is teams above may have problems, so you want to get as many points as you can. But ideally, you need to finish above that line, and Margate probably cannot afford to lose that game at Chessant uh, on Tuesday. Well,
4: yeah. Again, there's a lot of change in players still no strikers coming in which is a concern for me for Margate it will be disastrous if they go down absolutely disastrous again the club saying about it they're not picking up what's happening off the field which is lovely to see but for once Margate need to start picking up some points and as you said before John on this pod they're the only team we've got who've had a 3G pitch who seem to have gone backwards
0: Absolutely. Uh, in the Eastern League South East, Ramsgate's lead is now down to three points after they were held to a 2-2 draw at Hythe on Saturday. Uh, Cray Valley took advantage with a 1-0 win at Merston, followed by a 2-0 success at Three Bridges on Tuesday. And now, if they win their game in hand, the Millers will be level on point with the Rams. Another brilliant title race shaping up in that division. Saturday's other results were a 3-2 win for Ashford over Beckenham. Irith the Belvedere lost 1-0 at Broadbridge Heath. 7-8 went down 3-0 at horndean Hernbay, Bay 3-0 winners at Lansing. Phoenix Sports lost 2-0 at home to Littlehampton. Sheffield United beat three bridges 1-0 and Sitting and put five past Burgess Hill. The Brookies then cemented third spot with a 2-1 win over 7 Oaks on Tuesday. But the only other game involving our, our sides on Tuesday saw Irith Belvedere breathe yet more life into their battle against the drop with a 3-1 win at Hive Town. I'm not sure anybody saw that one coming, Matt.
4: No. Um, after I pushed Ramsgate to the limits, but um, big win for Ayrth uh, and Belvedere, maybe it's catching up a little bit on height. I know they've got haven't played too many games recently in a heavy surface, but yeah, big result for Eric. that could really um, give them a little bit of momentum at the at the wrong end of the table. In a in a very interesting division this year, I think, John. So for uh, me, City bond, are they are they in the title hunt as well. Well, they're Same nine the
0: points behind now, but they are in really good form. And you know, form, we've yeah. talked so much about Ramsgate uh, and Cray Valley and and their amazing. Seasons, but Sittingbourne, you know they've only lost three games all season. They've scored as many goals as Cray Valley. They've conceded fewer than Ramsgate. They're still strengthening their squad. If if everyone starts to focus on Ramsgate and Cray Valley, then yeah, there's absolutely no reason why Sittingbourne, if they keep on going as they are, can't gate crash this because they are banging form. I mean, you look at the league table; they're eleven points well, eleven points inside the playoff places. And nine points off the lead, so yeah, they've definitely got a chance. We, we should get Ryan Maxwell on at some point. I haven't spoken to him since the start of the season, but they are in red hot form uh, at the moment.
4: I see, I see Mitchell May. I thought he was linked to Alfie May. I don't know if this is true. I maybe I read that or somewhere. He's not the brother of Alfie May, Mitchell May, is he? I'm not sure. That? I've, maybe maybe I've made that up. But I sort of thought there was another May brother because there's Ben, of course. So, um, but yeah, City having a fantastic season, really. Uh, and, and again, I think Ryan Maxwell is probably managing, you know, doing a great job for Sydney well, I don't want to get there. He could probably he did a good job with the Conference South, so he, he's a good manager. So City born were very lucky to have him. And I think they're in there, John. I think they're playing some good. They're doing well. Their form is good. Only lost three matches. Everybody looking at Rams getting great. City born again. Rams got have drawn the last two. City Bournemouth could pounce in because their form is so good. Yeah, Sunday football for them
0: uh, as well this weekend as they go to Irith and Belvedere, who will be boosted by that win uh, that they enjoyed on uh, Tuesday night at Hythe. Very tight down the bottom there. At the moment, we've got Beckenham have got 13 points, Irith and Belvedere 19, Phoenix Sports 19, Merstham 20, and then only four points further up, we've got East Grinstead and Littlehampton. Uh, So there's, there's still hope, Matt, that. We might only have one team go down, or if Beckham can put it together, it might be uh, none at all. On Saturday, Beck- Beckham are home to Sheppey, uh, Ashford go to Burgess Hill, it's Cray Valley against Chichester, Herne Bay home to Broadbridge Heath, Hythe travel to Littlehampton, it's Ramsgate against Seven Oaks Town against Lansing, and then of course, games in midweek now, because we are at that stage of the season. Ramsgate at Seven Oaks go to Broadbridge Heath, and Hythe are at Three Bridges, and then on Wednesday, A massive game for Phoenix Sports. They are at home to Beckenham and they'll be looking to put some more uh, space between or any space between them and the bottom spots uh, if they can
4: uh, so do so. Uh, Talking of Beckenham, Matt, uh,
0: anything eventful happen there on Tuesday
4: night? Uh, Dover won 4-0 in the Kent Senior Cup. But? But? I don't know. um, Result to be decided, I'm led to believe, but I can't say any more on that.
0: Well I've seen it published elsewhere. So Oh, oh it
4: is well, yeah. Dover Well, you can you can laugh about it then. So well
0: Dover don't win a lot of games of football. No. Um but they won this one by four goals to nil. Um in that game they finished with ten men. Um, but the player who was sent off
4: was cut tied, apparently. Yeah. So um he played he played for Welling when they lost seven one to seven oaks. There may be a correlation there. <laughs> so it
0: seems that uh, Dover's hard-earned 4-0 win with 10 men uh, may well have been for nothing, and they're, they could well get booted out of the competition uh, because of that. So,
4: uh, yeah, it would have been a, a semi-final game. spot, wouldn't it? So Semi-final spot was, was waiting for you? Uh, d- no, I think still, this is our first game we've played. I think we've, this game has been delayed for so long. Right. we would have to play Ebsleek next game. So oh. oh, well, I suppose it's just... just so basically, it was it was a morale boosting win that maybe you took basically a morale boosting win against Beckenham. That's all we'll use it at that. So okay, good stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on up uh, to the National League South and our third interview uh, of the week. It's been all change at Welling, uh, as we as we discussed last week with Rod Stringer coming in. Uh, he drew 0 nil in his second game in charge on Saturday at home to Taunton, when three points would have really really opened up things at the bottom of the table. Uh, after the game, Matt spoke to the Wings boss Rod Stringer but he also spoke uh, to defender Joe Elul and we're going to hear from the latter so here is the Wings defender Joe
3: Elul yeah it's been a good week but today was nowhere near it nowhere not, nowhere to give enough uh, poor performance all round from everyone uh, everyone that started I thought the boys that come on worked hard but not our level not good enough and not pleased with it at all it's
4: going to be a tough game they haven't won in 16 they're fighting for their lives you've had a it's always going to be a difficult game because they weren't going to come here and let you play you know play through them were they
3: no, they, they, they stayed in their pockets and they uh, stopped us from playing for them, but we didn't have no ball speed, we didn't uh, have no communication, we just didn't do the basics to get the result we should have got today. And I think if we had done half the stuff of what we'd done on Tuesday, we would have walked away with three points. So for me personally, it was a pathetic performance from us in, in our, our own standards. So yeah, for me, it's just not up there with a, a game that I want to remember anytime soon. Quite,
4: well, it's quite words, pathetic. You want to, you know, the position you're in, you think the effort's got to be better or the quality?
3: I think first of all The effort comes first The quality comes secondary to it Um, If we work hard Then it comes with it Uh, We just didn't Work hard as a collective today Um, I can't pinpoint certain people Because that's not my style And I'm not going to do that But I just feel like uh, We wasn't at the races today And I put myself in that category massively So I need to up my My uh, stuff going forward And so do a few others
4: Again It's been a difficult week The previous manager brought you in Um, Was it a surprise to see
3: him lose his job? Uh. Yes and no um, Difficult one Because the club Have made a, a decision And gone with that And we're now here With new gaffer Rod And that's it There's nothing more For me to sign The management matter That's down to the club And that's their job To make decisions like that um, My job is uh, To try and help the club Get results To keep us in the uh, national staff
4: Have you worked with Rod Or have you known Rod before?
3: I've known Rod for a very Very long time And if there's one thing That he's going to do He's going to keep us In this league um, He's very shrew- What's his strengths? Man management He's, he's not a uh, silly when it comes to the coaching side of things either he's got that in his locker but um he just knows how to get the best out of people and how do you do that get the best out of people confidence putting it into them showing them that there is a way forward and it isn't all doom and gloom we've walked away today with uh not the best result in our in our view but he's told us the, the negatives and he's also told us the positives he'll uh he'll keep business he'll get us on the training pitch and he'll, he'll keep pushing us forward to get the results to to, kick, to climb out the relegation zone.
4: If you think you've got, you know, you've been, think you've got enough quality to get out of the relegation, does that scrap you in at the moment this season?
3: I wouldn't be if I didn't.
4: All right. Again, you've had a, a very good career. Well, the, the achievement to get welling out of this hole they found them in. Where does that stand?
3: Yeah, listen, in the days wherever I am and whatever I'm doing it's an achievement wherever I go. But it's, this is a something different. It's a. It's, it's a, a big challenge for you. It's a relegation fight. No one wants to be in a relegation fight, but this is where you have got to roll up your sleeves and say, "I'm here. I'm here for the long haul, and I'm going to dig in and." and give something back to the supporters and the club. They've put their faith in us as players and I know I've not been here long and I probably wasn't one of the players that got us in this hole and there's some others that are here that never got this club in this hole but our job now is to get us out of this hole and to keep pushing forward.
0: Uh, He was frustrated by that performance, it's safe to say, on on, on Saturday. Matt, uh, were they any good or were they really poor?
4: Um, It wasn't the greatest game I've seen. Well, I've seen them before and I'm seeing them again on Saturday. They haven't Nothing. got any strikers. Um, Tristan Abrams, I like, but you need to play him in the right position. They whipped a few balls in, nobody there to put the ball in the back of the net. So, I, I, Rod Stringer, who's a bit of a character, I have to say, nice to meet him, but um, he's clearly going to get rid of some players and bring some in. Joe Law was pretty critical of players he wasn't going to name, but clearly he was pointing in the right direction. In that direction. So, um, just goals will be a concern for me from a Welling point of view um, and I don't know how seriously they will take the uh, FAE trophy game against Barnett A because some of their better players including Joe Law, will be cup tied and Abrahams will be um, suspended so um, they weren't as bad as um, Joe Allure was making out but maybe he's got higher standards and he feels they should be winning matches so uh just goals, mate. There's no goals in that team, I would say. Well, we've got two teams in the drop zone at the moment, Matt. Uh,
0: did Did Taunton's performance give you any hope that they can get dragged into it?
4: Um, I thought they had a couple of good players, good striker, held the ball up well. Again, they didn't have a shot on goal to the 90th minute when Welling were down to ten men. Um, and probably had a bit could have should have scored. And the keeper made a couple of really good saves for for Welling, so um, they had a bit of. Bit of spirit about them, Taunton. Um, now that Truro are going to be playing at their ground, there might be some extra money for them, so they might be able to utilise that money. So will Truro at Taunton go down? Um, I would say no. Okay, so we go. We've heard it from the horse's
0: mouth. Put all your money well, on Taunton three to go down. Man,
4: it still doesn't look good for, our, for, the, for
0: the bottom, the bottom four. four, I would say, in that division. No, except they've played more games than anybody else. That's the, that's the big problem, isn't
4: it? Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, I would say, well, you still somehow feel Eastbourne have got loads of money, haven't got a bit of money, that they'll maybe try and spend their way out of it. And then that does cause a few problems for the teams above them, including Dartford.
3: Absolutely.
0: Well, Dartford were beaten at Farnborough on Saturday, uh, when Dover were beaten 3-0 at Braintree. Uh, Thomas Angels beat Chippenham 2-0. But Team of the Week in that division for us, of course, our FA Cup heroes, Mainstone United, who beat... The leaders Yeovil two one uh, on Saturday, and then followed that up with a three two win in a thrilling game uh, against Torquay United on Tuesday night. When probably some of their ears were on uh, what was going on, what used to be called the Rico Arena, I think it's called the CBS Arena now. But anyway, oh, that's where Maidstone. Know. No, it's not Highfield Road. Um, that's where Maidstone will be going uh, in the next round of the FA Cup uh, on Monday, the twenty sixth of February, live on the TV, uh, which is exactly what they deserve. But At the
4: moment they're third in the table and looking pretty good there as well aren't they i have to say if i was the you know it's very easy for maidstone players to you know relax on their laurels got another big game coming up but shows the the quality of the squad and the job that um georgetta has got into those players beating Yeovil, no mean feat they're going to win the league and beating torquay as well the big hitters in this division along with maidstone themselves yeah, really good performances. A cracking goal from Sam Corn. Who, John, if we were giving out non-league player of the season, probably Sam Corn would be way in front. Would you say?
0: Absolutely. I mean, his, uh, his impact on Maidstone has been Great incredible. Player, yeah. Yeah, he's done. He's done brilliantly. Uh, this weekend, Maidstone are at home again against Hemel Hempstead Town. Uh, Dartford head to Bath. Uh Tumbridge Angels against Yeovil. And Dover uh, <laughs> go to Worthing. Good luck there, lads. Uh, Welling, as Matt has <laughs> said, are in FA Trophy action as they take on Barnet. Uh, so we we'll look forward to that one. And Bromley, uh, the 2022 winners of the aforementioned FA Trophy are also in FA Trophy action. They are home to Averley, so they'll be looking forward uh, to hopefully making it through again and continuing their... Now, the form got bro- a
4: good day, Bromley, is
0: it? No, they've had a little bit of a blip, haven't they? I mean, the they lost at Foul, and then, you know, they're yeah, it's... it's, it's it's tough for them at the moment, isn't it? Because, you know, they are well in the playoff places and a long way behind the leaders. It's so, it's, the league, so it's hard to to keep going. They lost home to Hartlepool on Saturday, having lost at Fylde uh, the week before. Uh, Ebsfleet, meanwhile, drew nil-nil with Oldham in their televised game uh, on Saturday. So uh, still at the wrong end of the table. In fact, they dropped to 23rd. It's very tight, though, there, Matt, uh, because there's only three points between them in 23rd and Southend in 17th. Um, So there's no reason why this is the end for Eversity United, but they've got to pick up some results, as we keep saying. They've got to find a regular run of
4: winning form. Well, very tight at the bottom of that division. Um, You know, back-to-back wins in this, it it could really put you up um, in a healthy position. So Danny Searle, we mentioned in the full water shop manager. Clearly, they're not bringing anybody in. They've got Chesterfield on Saturday, haven't they? So Chesterfield, I think, have won about 20 home games on the spin, which is phenomenal, really. Stranger things have happened, but probably a new manager doesn't want to come in if it's not going to be Danny Sell going to Chesterfield. So, um, interesting to see if they can do something after the Ch- this time next week, if they get a new manager in. But Danny Sell's got a chance. If he gets a result at Chesterfield, you've got to give him the job, surely?
0: Well, absolutely. Um, but I... I think that will be a tough one for them. Uh, I've just yeah, worked yeah. out Chesterfield are 22 points away from winning the league. Uh, so they'll be looking to to close that gap. I did also uh, neglect to mention a couple of midweek games involving our teams uh, in the National League South next week. Uh, Dartford at home to Chippenham and Dover make the it's short off. trip. What? Off. Oh. Because um, Truro now playing Taunton and Taunton already playing. Oh, so D- Dover do not make the nice trip to Truro. They can save that for another day. Um, but yes. Yeah, so... That's a
4: go-to. Yes, absolutely.
0: I have remembered very quickly, it was just coming up to half-time in the games in the schedule, and they're currently both 1-0 to the away team. Snodland, uh, Neil Hollinson Blair one, and Sutton, Neil Homensdale one as well uh, in those games. Uh, that brings you all up to date with the football chat. You've learnt all about our eyes and how blind we are. That's a good job. Uh, we're, we're all right at talking, I suppose, sometimes, eh, Matt?
4: Well, well, well some of the words I get out, words, the words I've from my mouth aren't too good, John, but yes. Again, 284 times we've done this, so we must be doing something right. Or, or,
0: or we're just two idiots screaming into a
4: void. That that basically describes what my wife things about this podcast, really. Two yeah. idiots shouting into a computer yeah. uh, about non-league football. So, yeah, not an exciting week compared to the previous week, but things are take, um, sort of taking shape a little bit where we're going so um it's going to be an exciting season john though still it's going to go to the wire for certain teams if they're going to go up or not i think
0: i think uh, do you know what i think genuinely this is one of the best seasons we've had what well, with Maidstone's brilliant uh, fa cup run which is you know off the chart but the scaffold title race is amazing the eastern league southeast title race don't look good the bottom of the eastern league southeast is tight as well it's quite tight at the bottom of the scaffold too You've got Margates, everything that's going on there. You've got Chatham still on the crest of a wave. All in all, I I think this has been one of the most enjoyable seasons, actually, of of doing this show. So, do you know what? I think we're we're in good shape. And yeah, it might not have had all the FA Cup euphoria, but I enjoyed all three of those interviews this week, actually. And I think it's nice to hear from from different clubs. You know, as, as great as it is to see one team really putting the county on the map... I love it when we can hear from all the different people, all the different characters and, and, you know, cover all the other stories that aren't getting in the national press. So it's it's, it's really nice, actually. Uh,
4: again, I think you, uh, Kent football is in a very healthy position at the moment. And I think that's helped about people getting involved with the community, the 3G surfaces, the attendances are up for a lot of teams. So um, And people are enjoying it again. And if you can get out to a if you're a regular listener and you follow a team or if you don't, Try and get out to a game if you can this weekend, because there's some big games coming up as well. So uh, your teams would uh, would love to see you there. And hopefully, you, if you've been listening to this and you've got a love for Kent football, make sure you uh, spread the word, not just about the pod, but the good football of Kent as well.
0: Absolutely. There's a, there's a lot going on uh, everywhere. And uh, yeah, there's, there's always a, a good game. And, and do you know what? I think... It, we've also been helped by the fact that the quality is, is dribbled down. You know, it's all well and good. You can sit and moan about the Premier League and all the foreign players, but it has had a knock-on effect that the leagues are getting stronger. Um, and uh, I think it kind of reaches a bit of a bar when it gets to League One and League Two, where they can't maybe afford to play. But then I think the National League is is a strong league now, and then that's filtering down to the National League South, and then players who would normally be at that sort of level are filtering down to the Espanyol League. Uh, and, and that's where it makes it really good. And you know, you can go and see some really good standard football in this division, in in this county. I mean, there are some stinking games doing the rounds as well. But I think genuinely that there is some really good football on display. And and you know, you want to go and see close games of football and, and goals. You get that in the scaffold.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Again, the only, the only again, if you are you know, Dover is probably out of all the teams we follow, John, probably the only team that hasn't progress since covid in some ways have they uh,
0: i think you'll find that some people in the Hartstown park area oh yes, true, yeah but with again but i haven't
4: gone anywhere Dover, you know yeah it's again mark yeah it's teams that are my closest two teams john are struggling a little bit so uh, but again from a Margate point of view yeah just need a little bit of luck I, again calling for mark stimpson's head is probably not the right one at the moment but Again, it's a results-driven business. He's got to start getting some results. And you look at it on paper, Chatham's going to be tough for them on Saturday, but they go there and get a result. shows what they can achieve. So that that's a big game for both sides, I think, there. Yeah, it
0: definitely. Game is.
4: of the weekend, that one. Oh, big call. Cool. What about deal in the FA bars? Um, yeah, well, if it was a deal, <laughs> yes. But that's, if it was in deal, but it's not in deal. Yeah, I know in Kent, yeah. that's the big game. again. If get to the quarter-finals, that becomes a massive story because you can dream of Wembley then. And then, a bit like Maidstone, there'll only be two games, two ties away from Wembley.
0: Unbelievable scenes. Absolutely amazing. Uh, What's been going on at the Gerrard household this week? Anything
4: exciting? Um, No, watching The Bear, John. Have you heard about The Bear on Disney? I've I've heard about it. I've not seen it. Very good. Very good. Yeah, it's about um, a chef in Chicago who um, tries to turn around his brother's restaurant. Very good. Very sort of, my well, wife thought it was stressful watching it because it's a lot of shouting and Ooh. you know you can see the stress in the kitchen, but very good, quite dry humour as well. So, yeah, we've, we've been enjoying that. So, um, why is it called the bear? Because uh, it's just like his, his surname's Bears, Bears are So, that's what it is. At his restaurant, he's going to call the bear as well.
0: Okay, very good.
4: But no, I would, uh, I would recommend that. Okay, I've not, I've not been watching much.
0: Again, it's just work, work, work at the moment. I, it just feels like. They like get time to just sit down in in front of the TV and and do things and and you know this week I've had the opticians and everything it's so f- oh. and also as already mentioned it is Fiona Day on Tuesday which everyone's looking forward to Happy Birthday uh, in advance
4: Fiona do you have um, to go double it up because Valentine's Day is the next day or do you is it like if you were born on Christmas indeed. Eve you think a bugger it would we'll just do it in one day
0: No I double up mate of course I double up Oh but, uh, you know. <laughs> You know, it's not her fault that she was born the day before Valentine's Day. Oh, that's true. She she didn't choose it, did she? You know, it's, um, so it's yeah. it's one of those. She, she gets
4: be looked after both Tuesday
0: and Wednesday. Well, abso- well, well. You won't be buying your wife anything for her birthday on Tuesday, will you? No,
4: no, no. We don't actually, we don't actually do Valentines either. But I, if I might buy her a chocolate bar or something like that, just to sort oh, of show my nice. yeah, yeah. Um But I'll tell you one thing that's been playing on my mind this week. Well, first
0: of all, I've been trying to buy wrapping paper. Um, And I can't find any that's got the lines on the inside. I don't know if that's gone out of vogue all of a sudden, but that's a Uh lifesaver for a man of my limited wrapping capabilities. (laughs) Um, So I need to find some nice wrapping paper with that on. But also, this is the first birthday that I've ever had to buy a card for anyone who is my fiancé. It's the first time that Fiona has ever been a fiancé. On her birthday. Therefore, I would like to very much mark this with a card which says to my fiance on it. Can I find one? Can I balls? I went into one uh, retailer, and they had loads of Valentine's Day cards for fiance, none for birthdays. I'm like, All right. if these people are, are, are around to be Valentines, they have bloody birthdays as well. You know, it's 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 madness. It's it's madness. Match people don't understand. The modern man, the challenges we face, it's not fair. <laughs> well, so yeah, I, I'm not, again, respect, I'm one of these
4: people who buys a card. Again, I'm not a big fan of spending money on cards because there's looking at it in that straight away. So, um, you know, just a misery, mate. Sorry. So, but yeah, you, you do the, the uh, um, mankind good by spoiling your girlfriend on her birthday and on Valentine's Day. So, take oh no. Do one for me, mate.
0: Well, I mean, to be fair, when you say spoiling her, I am going to work on her birthday. Uh, <laughs> so that's not the, the, the best way to, for her to spend her day. But um, yeah, so I've, I've got to uh, see her in the morning and then abandon her for a few hours. But uh, we are making up for it uh, with the rest of the week. So it's going to be quite nice. And I should really say now that uh, all this uh, fun and frivolity that I'll be having away from uh, my home is probably why... We're not going to be with you next week uh, on the Kelly podcast because we basically can't find a time to to nail it down. Matt's got this thing called a job and uh, I'm busy celebrating. So it looks like it's to be a fortnight before we back with you. But we will be keeping up um, with things on social media. We went past 2000 Twitter followers this week, uh, which wow. is uh, was was much cooler about two years ago uh, on Twitter. I mean, do you remember, Matt, when we did 1000 followers, do you remember what we did?
4: Did we give some prize away
0: no we did a video call uh <laughs> did we, did we? A, we recorded a video we did a video call and i cut it together and put it out on um twitter yeah wow you had a that, you had the logo the naff logo in the background and you wheeled in at the start of it like some sort of lunatic and then right. we just spoke for about two minutes and then wow. put it on there
4: so people fact, could 2 000 followers that's amazing how, how many are you on are we got anything else? Facebook or anything? We're, We're on-, on
0: Facebook. We've got about six hundred likes on Facebook, I think, 600, 700 likes. All right. So yeah. And then there is the group Kent Only Football Chat, which has uh, over two thousand members as well. And again, I'm sa- I say this a lot, but if every single one of those two thousand people listen to the show, it would be amazing because it would rocket our numbers. If every one of those people gave it a five star review, we'd be up the charts, and everyone would be like, "Oh, what's this podcast?" You know. So please do. Actually,
4: do we um, get this- any ratings? Do any? No, no. <laughs> please. It would be nice, you know. Give us but the some, numbers are some, good, though, John. So, the numbers. You think you're the only person listening to this podcast? Maybe the numbers are quite good.
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe after the talk about our, our eyes at the start of the show, but, but yeah. you may be the only you, person you, listening. But you need
4: now. you need to put that poll out, John. To our 2,000 followers, <laughs> are we getting too boring? And do you yeah. fast forward it? If 90% of them do, we just go straight to the interviews. Yeah, I guess so. No, 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 we won't. Um, People I, would like to hear uh, about my boring life. Yeah, of course they do,
0: you know, and it gives you an outlook because, you know, <laughs> I'm sure you've got, you've got four women in, in your house, two children, your wife and a dog. You need a bit of man-to-man talk and yeah, this is exactly, what I'm trying yeah, to provide for you.
4: Exactly. If I started talking anyway, about that, glasses and labelling stuff, she'd probably roll her eyes even more. Or maybe just divorce you. Anyway, <laughs> that Twitter on account on that. has
0: two thousand followers is at at Kent NL Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, search for Kent Only Podcast, uh search for the Kent non-league Football chat group as well, uh, which is always uh, good fun to be reading around. We're also on threads and Instagram at Kent Non-League Podcast. I'm at John Pips81 and Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Uh we've had a blast this week. We've really enjoyed it. Uh hopefully uh you might see us out and about. We may not see you, because as you've discovered, we can't really see. but thanks to all of our guests. For their time this week. And thank you to everybody for listening. Massive good luck to all of our teams this weekend, especially Deal Town in that FA Vars tie down in the West Country. Come on the hoops, and we'll speak to you all in a couple of weeks' time on the Kent League podcast.
4: This is a test for anybody who stays and listens to the end because you might just stop after the interviews and not listen to the end bit. If you tweet the at Kent League podcast, banana sandwich, we'll know how many people do listen. And we'll give you a special mention in next week's show.